Our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. Amen. Good morning and welcome to the house of the Lord. This morning, our Lord fills us with comfort and hope and assurance as he speaks to us through the prophet Isaiah, reminding us that he is the God who is able to turn gloom into glory. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Today, friends, we turn our attention to the words written in the book of the prophet Isaiah, starting at chapter 8, verse 19. The Lord says, When they tell you, consult the mediums and the spiritists who whisper and mutter, shouldn't a people consult their God? Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony. If people do not speak according to this word, there will be no dawn for them. They will pass through the land distressed and starving, but when this takes place and they are starving, they will be frustrated, and they will curse their king and their God. They will turn their faces upward, and then they will look down to the ground. But I tell you, they will see only distress, darkness, and the gloom that brings anguish. They will be banished into thick darkness. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for the land that was in anguish. In former times, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he will cause it to be glorious along the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, in Galilee of the Gentiles. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. For those living in the land of the shadow of death, the light has dawned. The word of the Lord. My dear friends in Christ. Well, here we are struggling through the darkness of another bleak Michigan winter, desperately trying to remember what the sun even looks like. The experts will tell you that we can blame the cloudy, gloomy Michigan winter days on the Great Lakes, but whatever the case, all we know is it's been really gloomy outside. I wonder, has it been gloomy inside too? Inside your heart and your life? Have you lately found yourself struggling with something that has left your, your disposition matching the gloomy forecast? Have persistent problems in life convinced you to never get your hopes up ever again? Have the bitter disappointments of your life led, led you to always see the glass as being half empty? Holy Scripture teaches us that there is nothing new under the sun. Life in a fallen world has always left people, and even at times the people of God, struggling with the darkness of sin and temptation and problems. That was true of God's chosen people Israel so long ago, and it's still true for us today. But praise the Lord that this morning's text brings us words of hope and comfort of deliverance and salvation. This morning's text points us to this great God that we have in worship, the God of all grace, who is the God who turns gloom 
into glory. It was the 7th century B.C. The once mighty nation of Israel was mighty no longer. Formerly, it had been comprised of those 12 united tribes, but for the last couple hundred years, well, it became a divided kingdom. There were about 10 of those tribes up in the northern kingdom called Israel, and then there were the two tribes down in the southern kingdom called Judah. During those couple hundred years, the northern tribes of Israel were ruled by 20 different kings, all of them wicked, ungodly, idol-worshiping kings. There are 15 kings that ruled during that time period down in the southern kingdom of Judah. About half of them were godly, and about half of them were idol-worshippers. The king at the time of our text in the southern kingdom of Judah was a man by the name of Ahaz. Sadly, Ahaz was one of those wicked kings in the southern kingdom of Judah. He was an idol worshiper, had even sacrificed his son to his false gods. Worse yet, he spent his reign trying to encourage God's own chosen people to worship false gods too. And now at the time of our text, King Ahaz has a national crisis on his hands. Judah is about to be attacked. They'd be attacked by the kingdom of Syria, who had allied with the northern kingdom of Israel, and were getting ready to swoop down and wage war against the kingdom of Judah. And King Ahaz was panicked, and he was frazzled. But the God of all grace because he's a God of mercy and grace, instead of looking at King Ahaz and saying, tell you what, why don't you rely on your imaginary gods to help you? Instead said, Ahaz, don't be afraid. I will deliver you. I will rescue the people of Judah. And he encouraged King Ahaz to just believe. That ought to do it, right? Wrong. Instead of taking God at his word, King Ahaz decided to search for hope and guidance by turning to the mediums and the spiritists. Mediums were one who supposedly could contact the dead and seek counsel and guidance from them. Spiritists, kind of like modern-day psychics. That's where King Ahaz went for some counsel and some direction. And when it came to help, instead of just trusting the Almighty God and his word and his promise, well, King Ahaz turned to the heathen kingdom of Assyria and made a treaty with him, something that God had expressly forbidden. Ahaz had led Judah into a thick, dense spiritual darkness, and it was then that our gracious God speaking through the prophet Isaiah, gave these words of our text and said, when they tell you, consult the mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, shouldn't a people consult their God? God had forbidden any kind of contact with the dead. He told them to turn to him. He's the living God. 
Should they consult the dead on behalf of the living? His answer is no. In fact, in, in his law, he had expressly forbidden necromancy, reaching out to the dead. And after all, if the dead had all the answers, wouldn't they still be alive? So the Lord says, to the law and to the testimony, if people do not speak according to this word, the word of our God, there will be no dawn for them. You see what the Lord's saying, right? You want help? You want guidance? Then turn to my word to the law, and to the testimony. Because apart from God's word, people will be left, as verses 21 and 22 tell us, distressed, starving, frustrated, cursing their king and their God, seeing only gloom, banished into thick darkness, not just for a time, but ultimately apart from the Lord through all eternity. Look, when we want answers and help, as we struggle through the darkness of life's problems, where will we turn? The more things change, it seems, the more they stay the same. I just did a very quick internet search and came up with about 20 places here in Metro Detroit where you can book an appointment with a self-proclaimed psychic or a palm reader, or a tarot card reader, or a medium who claims to be able to make contact with your deceased loved ones. To the law and to the testimony. Millions and millions of people in our world begin their day not by turning to the word for a brief devotion from the Lord, but by checking out their horoscope, supposing that the alignment of the stars has anything to do with the way that things will go in their life. Even more people put their hope and their trust in silly superstitions or so-called luck or a non-existent force called karma. Friends, let's be clear that the Lord in his word has called us away from such things. Why? Because all of those things tend to chip away at our trust in the Lord and his word and his promises. Those kinds of things will not save. In fact, they'll, they'll only dull our trust in our trustworthy God. Don't trust mediums or psychics or luck or karma. Trust the Lord and trust his word to the law and to the testimony. And even if we haven't found ourselves caving in to those kinds of sinful temptations, would any of us here this morning claim to have a perfect track record when it comes to putting all of our trust in the Lord and his promises? Would any of us be so brazen as to say that we have always put all of our confidence in him? Haven't we all at times caught ourselves trying to deal with life's problems and fears and frustrations in unhealthy and ungodly ways? Lord, forgive us. To the law, to the testimony, continually remind us, Lord, that looking for hope and help and guidance in all the wrong places is going to leave us groping around in the darkness every single time. But believers, we have and we worship a God who promises to turn our gloom into glory. Our text says the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. For those living in the land of the shadow of death, the light has dawned from gloom to glory, from darkness to light. Light for the very people who are living in sin's darkness and delusion. 
light that came in the form of peace and deliverance and hope and forgiveness in Christ Jesus. And how would that happen? Well, the Lord through Isaiah here is peering down the long road of prophecy. He's looking down the road about 700 years after the time of Isaiah and talks with crystal clarity about what he would do. To that small, believing remnant of God's faithful people in Judah who are struggling with the darkness of life and all of its attendant problems, the Lord essentially is telling them, look, hang on, keep trusting, don't let go. I know things aren't going well, but I have not forgotten you, and I most certainly have not forgotten my promises to you, there is one coming who will bring you light and deliverance. And then, then the Lord got pretty specific. Notice chapter 9, verse 1, he says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for the land that was in anguish. In former times, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. Stop there for a moment. The area in Isaiah's day, the tribes known as Zebulun and Naphtali, those were the two northernmost tribes in the kingdom of Israel. Now, being the northernmost tribes, guess what happened to them when enemy nations came swooping down from the north to attack God's people? Zebulun and Naphtali got it first and worst. If there was a foreign country that came streaming through Canada to wage war on the citizens of Michigan, people up in the UP would experience it first and worst. Zebulun and Naphtali were an invasion corridor, and they were often humbled and pummeled by enemy nations. Well, guess what? that territory, once called Zebulun and Naphtali, was called in the days of Jesus. It was called Galilee. That was the place where the Lord Jesus was raised, up in Nazareth of Galilee. That's the place where the Lord Jesus began his public ministry. That place so long pummeled and trampled on was the last place that you might have expected God to turn gloom into glory. But sure enough, that's exactly where Jesus began his ministry. Our gospel lesson said it. Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. That's where Jesus' ministry started. But he didn't stop there. Jesus also made his way down south into Palestine, into the, the land of Judea. And there he went from town to village, preaching and teaching the good news of the kingdom of God, healing people, driving out demons, giving sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, life to the deceased. The Lord Jesus came and brought the glory of God, brought the good news of forgiveness and salvation and life to the people who listened. And Jesus didn't stop there either. In fact, he went to the very last place that you'd ever expect anything good to happen. He went to the very last place that you would expect to find any kind of glory. He went to the cross. And there, as the sun stopped shining 
on that Good Friday afternoon as Jesus suffered for our sins, that's where God's light began to shine its brightest. That's where this promised Savior paid our debt. That's where he conquered sin and death for us. That's where he earned that precious name, Savior. And dear believing friend, that is how God, the God of all grace, turned your gloom into glory in Christ, your Savior. Look, we may still have to contend with a certain amount of gloom and darkness in life, and I'm not just talking about the weather. You've experienced it too. Satan will daily come and try to steal away our happiness and our joy. He tries to smother us with feelings of guilt and despair. He smiles as he sees us struggling through tragedies that we're forced to deal with or problems that we're forced to sort out. He turns people against us and sometimes succeeds in getting us to respond in completely unhealthy and ungodly ways. He makes us sometimes angry, sometimes bitter, sometimes afraid, sometimes apathetic, sometimes callous sometimes unsympathetic, and sometimes a horrible combination of all of the above. So listen to the Lord's word to you today, to the law and to the testimony, to the word. God's holy word, God's great gospel is still today the only cure for the sin-sick soul. This is the only solid guidance as we live in life's darkness. This is the only power of God for salvation. Be sure of this, dear friend, embracing and trusting the words and promises of God spelled out for us here in this holy book, learning and growing in grace, submitting to and following his holy word and his will, following the guidance of the word of our God, That will turn our gloom into glory every single time. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. By God's rich grace, dear Christian, that's true of you. You've seen the light. His name is Jesus. He's the light of the world. And he comes to guarantee you that there will be no more gloom for those who were in anguish. Because he has taken away our greatest anguish, the guilt and the curse and the punishment that our sins had earned. He took it away. Folks, let's remember that when the way gets dark and cheerless in our lives. No matter how gloomy things may get, God has promised his saved people a bright and glorious future, a future that is inseparably inseparably wrapped up in Christ our Savior. Walk in his light every single step of the way until he brings you safely home to the brilliant light of life in his heaven. Turns your gloom into an eternal glory for Jesus' sake. Amen.